You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers basketball win over the Ole Miss Rebels, squeaking it out by the score of 83 to 82 in two overtimes the auburn tigers record now is pushed to 18 and 2 on the year improving their sec record to 5 and 2 a very narrow victory in oxford we're going to break it down here tonight all the action the storylines and hopefully try to calm our nerves a little bit after that uh very narrow victory there to do that i brought in my friend and co-host mr drew hooper uh drew what did we just experience well, I got to be behind enemy lines last night, and it was it was something. Uh, yeah. Definitely regretted it for the longest <laughs> amount of time. Was it so? Is it the game that you regret, or was it the actual experience of being at the game, like the 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 people, the the venue? Is that all part of it too? Uh, sort of. I love the pavilion. I, I think Auburn and Ole Miss have done a really good job with their their basketball venues as far as what they came from and realizing what they were and shrinking it down a little bit, making it just a very nice place to come play basketball. So uh, I will always give props to the pavilion. I think it's a really classy, beautiful venue that they designed there. Uh, But fans were a little bit testy last night and just the experience of the game for the longest amount of time. And even at the end, it was kind of one of those that, it it was an uncomfortable celebration because you really didn't even feel like you won. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was sitting next to Peter, one of our guys here at E2C and the game ends. And of course they're checking it for like the thousandth time they go to the monitor and finally the like, game's over and they, they say no basket or game one or whatever. And Peter goes, I didn't even know we were up by a point like that. That was just <laughs> kind of the night it was like it, it we just kind of left like happy that we won, but scratching our heads a little bit. It, it was just a perplexing night all around. Here's something I do know is for whatever reason, Ole Miss finds a way to be a problem for Auburn. A lot of the times it ends up being they take the win from Auburn. It's been at home in Auburn Arena or it's been here in Oxford. They 12 are... of the last 14, Kyle. 12 of the last 14. How does that even happen, Drew? I mean, Ole Miss has had some good years, but not like – they're not a perennial power. How do they – what What did they do? What deal with the devil did they make to be able to go on a 12 or 14 run? Uh, apparently, uh, if we beat their face in in football, we can turn around and lose in basketball. It's the deal we made. <laughs> Wait, are you willing to take that deal though? If we can just stomp them in football every year? Not really. I mean, I feel like 
I mean, they did deal with the devil anyways. I, I've got stories from some of the fans last night that we were sitting by just talking about Bruce Pearl's cheating and me having to inform them that Hugh Freeze had a burner phone uh, for <laughs> for females. Uh, so oh. I, 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 I really didn't know what their standard of cheating was. And also I mean, they some, hired Lane Kiffin. What is their standard? Really? I mean, I had a lady tell, like yelling at Bruce saying, if you look up cheater in the encyclopedia, Bruce Pearl's name would be next to it. And I had to inform her, you look things up in a dictionary for definitions. You don't look them up in an encyclopedia. <laughs> uh, well, Ole Miss is known for their um, lively college athletics atmospheres and pregame more than their we'll say book smarts well, about I mean, that? The, one of the better community colleges in mississippi so i mean <laughs> you still are angsty from last night i can already tell and here's the good thing though I, i'm glad to hear that you're in relatively good spirits oh after... i'm not i'm not i i'm i'm still mad but you're making jokes though that's the thing that i'm saying here is the fact that you're able to crack a joke even at the expense of old miss tells me that you're at least in somewhat of a good place after this win as opposed to just being i could i literally could feel drew your anger and fervor all the way out here in atlanta from oxford and I was like, I know exactly what Drew is saying right now. I know exactly what he's he's just talking to Peter about. I could just feel the things that were bothering you last night in this game. So why don't you just go ahead? You, you share what you, you've got on your heart tonight. I may or may not. You couldn't hear me on the broadcast. If I would have been a little bit closer, you probably could have heard me. But I I was no Chandler Fulham. I, I can't get that loud. <laughs> I, I just have a really deep voice. I don't have like a projecting voice almost. I, I don't know. I may. I, whatever the we'll have a voice <laughs> podcast later but sure. i was uh very adamant about keeping mccormick in because i i enjoyed turnovers a lot last night because i thought we were going to turn the ball over more off of mccormick's foot than we were going to score points last night <laughs> like i i've seen it bounce around on twitter today you know what save your dowdy and your your McCormick slander until like after the game, yada, yada. I saw a lot of that junk today. And here's the deal. If we, I, I, I don't feel like we're setting a bar super high. I'm not asking him to be Steve Nash or asking him to be Stockton or Jason Kidd or any of the other great point guards that we've seen. Uh, like I'm not even asking him to be Russell Westbrook and score everything either, but just, be the point guard like that's 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 my standard like I, I just want you to run the offense and it was so difficult I thought it was rough to watch on tv but it, it was so difficult to watch his body language his demeanor how he carried himself all that in person and I know he's a college kid and it is what it is like I don't tend to run or dog out college kids but like just watching him from pregame not warming up until 10 minutes before the game all the way up until how he carried himself out of halftime being down 17 just how he acted all the time I it hurt me to watch like I was so frustrated and Auburn dug out of the hole but it seemed like every time Auburn dug out of the hole McCormick would try and dig the hole a little bit further and I, I'm going to take a breath now because I, 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 that's fine. No, I, I, I'm glad that you got it out. I mean, here's the thing, Drew, is 
what you're saying is uh, what a lot of people out there are feeling and expressing maybe not in as nice of tones of you online you know we all get to be keyboard warriors on our little twitter spheres and our books of face uh but here's the thing is something's got to change with the guard play uh, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it was something to be very proud of in non-conference play. Uh, it has become something that has been a burden, um, a- at least on the road in conference play thus far. There's got to be some leadership. And we have two seniors at guard right now who, for the most part, aren't cutting it, uh, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Um, and I say that wanting them to be successful and wanting and, and have seen potential in both of them. And when I say both of them, I'm referring to Javon and, and Samir. Um, Samir has shown the the ability to be able to switch his gears from just trying to throw up threes every and, and actually drive to the basket and go to the free throw line. That I take encouragement from, from Javon. Every time I, I feel like he does something wrong, he does, makes some ridiculous shot and, and scores some points. And so then I kind of have to shut up. So, Here's the thing. There's a lot of frustration out there, and it's warranted frustration. Um, I just, I, I don't know, Drew. I have to believe that we are in the best possible situation because Bruce Pearl has proven he's a smart coach, and if, if there was a better option on the team, then we would be playing, don't you think? Well, that brings us to a comment after the game last night uh, okay. of talking about the lineup. Right. Bruce, Bruce said something's, I have to do something different because that group's not playing well together. Right. And I, I think everyone sees Tyrell Jones sitting in the shadows. And I mean, we're Auburn fans. So, you know, we love a backup. <laughs> oh. Like we, we think the backup is the Warren moon of the next generation. We think the backup is pistol Pete Maravich of the next generation. Uh, we see him waiting in the wings and we just, Auburn loves to stroke that idea of the unknown uh, more than most fan bases. I think uh, Drew, and, just to take a quick aside from that, to go off what you're saying. I remember when Cam Newton didn't look so hot in some instances in his first game and people were calling for Neil Cottle to play. I mean, that's, that's how bad what you just brought up is. Yeah. I mean, Hey, uh, it is. We are what we are. Uh, right. There's no sense changing what's already broken i guess that's how the old (laughs) saying goes sure whatever (laughs) but i I think it's i I think we are going to see a lineup change i don't think bruce says that without intentionality behind it uh bruce isn't a guy to waste words and so i I, that's been the debate on uh, throughout our discussion boards and throughout some other areas like what is what does the new lineup look like and i don't think tyrell jones is really just going to i obviously don't think he's going to start and i don't think He's going to take McCormick's minutes, but uh, personally, from my armchair point of view, that means absolutely nothing. And y'all can turn the podcast off now and turn it back on in like a minute and a half when Kyle starts talking again is uh, I I think he does need to get some sort of playing time. Dowdy is not a point guard and Javon McCormick, I think can be a decent point guard, not a great point guard, Maybe a good point guard, but a decent one, a serviceable one. But he's got to work on some stuff. But I think you brought a lot of these freshmen here to play. And yeah, you've got a senior laden lineup and you've kind of got your rotation worked in. But I mean, you got to think, God forbid injuries happen, anything like that happens. Dowdy goes down, McCormick goes down. 
if one of those two, you don't have a backup ball handler. Right. And I just think it's time you start bringing him on at like the five to six minute a game mark and see what you have with him. Like just mm-hmm. really give it a go. And I, I don't think he's going to insert into the starting lineup by the end of February or anything like that. I'm not delusional, but I think you need to have someone. If McCormick is struggling the way he did the other or last night, I think you need to have someone that can also handle the ball, keep Samir in his normal position and keep the offense running. And I, I think that's Tyrell Jones. Like you're going to need him even next year when Sharif Cooper comes on campus, like because right. you're going to be starting a, a true freshman. And so I don't think he needs to be in the lineup as far as starting or anything like that, or even taking a lot of minutes away from McCormick. But I think five to six minutes of seeing what you have with them may actually do good in the long run. But then again, I, Bruce knows what he's doing. He knows what he's seen in practice. He knows what's going on, but there was some precar- precarious moments last night when McCormick would make turnovers in overtime or even at the end of regu- regulation, the next time down the court, the ball was not in McCormick's hands. And right. I think that's very telling. Uh, he made two turnovers in both overtimes near the end of overtime. And the very next time down the court, he sat in the corner away from the ball. He did not come into the play at all. And so I, I think that's telling in a sense. And Bruce was on him quite a bit last night. So I, I, that's just my two cents that I see in the matter and what I think about that comment from Bruce. Well, I think everybody else sees it too and is, is thinking the same thing. When Bruce makes the comment, I have to do something different, and it kind of insinuates a, a lineup change, maybe even a starting lineup change. Your first thought has to go to McCormick because as Samir has struggled, even though he – or excuse me, even though he has struggled, he has shown – the ability to adapt and change his game a little bit and still be successful. Okoro has done nothing but surprise and play excellent defense. Wiley has has shown to be a very consistent uh, a force down there. Obviously not a very um, outstanding night for him. He did have eight points and nine rebounds, almost a double-double for him. Uh, but we've seen a lot more out of him. Purifoy has really stepped it up uh, the last couple of games as well. Um so I ask you this, Drew, if it's not going to if we're going to see a lineup change, who else could it be besides McCormick and, and Turbo Jones getting a little bit of uh, sharing of playing time? Is there anyone else that you think should be inserted to a starting lineup or guess, at least get a shot? If I don't miss my guess, I think you're going to be looking at a starting lineup of Samir, Okoro, Jamal Johnson. He He's my question mark. Um Purefoy and Anthony. Uh, I, I think Johnson would be the one to start in that because he's a really good shooter. He does well playing defense and he moves well off the ball. Uh, I, I think that's probably going to be your starting lineup. Uh, I don't, uh, I mean, you can put Macklemore in there for Wiley. And I think if Bruce was going to do that, I don't think he comes out and says, I need to change the lineup a little bit because we're going to see Macklemore in a minute and a half anyways, if Wiley starts the game. So that's not that big of a change. I, I think you're looking at McCormick may rotate to the bench and see a Jamal Johnson step in and see what he has with that. Uh, I could be absolutely wrong. I probably am absolutely wrong, but that's just the way I see that kind of playing out right now. I actually do like your Macklemore pick there because I, Gosh, he's he's really earned it, especially in this game. I would argue he's 
the reason Auburn even has a shot of competing in this game because of the amount of three-pointers he was knocking down, uh, just making some very timely plays for Auburn. And, and he's done that a lot this season. Come, he's not a starter, but he is. Like you said, he comes in in a minute and a half. He and Wiley are sharing time essentially right now. So who starts doesn't really matter. They're both going to get the same amount of time because they're both contributing in different ways here. So if giving someone else a start maybe gives a little bit of different feel to start off a game, because let's be honest, we've got to figure out a different way to start a road game in the SEC because the only thing that we can do right now is see how big of a lead that we can give the other team. And my gosh, we about hit our breaking point last night. Speaking of that, Drew, at what point did you literally lose your mind in the first half? Uh, Probably like the eight minute mark when we were still sitting on two points that was and i was like i i leaned over peter and i said this is gonna be a long night and <laughs> I, I said that probably numerous times and i never often write but i was right about that it, it ended up being a very long night but it was it, it was a very odd situation i mean it just Watching timeouts, just being there live, you obviously get a different viewpoint of things. And watching just timeouts, and I i mean, Peter and I talked about it after the game, walking back to the car, and I just said, if Bruce Pearl can't motivate you, you can't be motivated. And it just seemed at times like he could not motivate people to do what he wanted them to do. And it was just a weird thing. And so uh, they found the fight and dug it out eventually, but it was... I don't know. I, it's one of the weirder games I've seen live in person. I, I get the feeling that this game was a true wake-up call in many ways. I think it was a wake-up call for us as fans. You know, you and I were, uh, you know, trying to encourage people after the two-game skid on the road against Alabama and Florida that, hey, this is just one of those things that happens. This probably, we're not going to see something like this happen again. And lo and behold, it does. Um, so I think it's a wave call for us as fans to realize there really is a problem with this team. And and the reality is if they can get this figured out, they're a really, really good basketball team and can go very far in postseason play. But on the flip side of that, I got the impression, whether it was Bruce Pearl's comments, the way things just kind of felt in the game, that this was a wake-up call for the team, that this is not working, at least on the road. At home, it's a different story. Uh, they say time and time again, Auburn arena is one of the toughest places to play in all of college basketball now. And I wholeheartedly concur with that, but this felt like a wake up call to me and some things are going to going to change And it's going to be kind of an odd time to make those changes when you're about to play a nationally uh, recognized game this Saturday, which we'll touch on in just a little bit here, but yeah, just weird feelings all around in this game. Uh, it, it just it's odd that we're talking about a win after this in double overtimes, and it felt at times like the game would just not end. Uh, the refs were responsible for that at times. It felt like they were watching the game themselves as many times they went to the screen to review things. I, I would say this, Drew. I felt like there were two calls from my perspective on TV at the at the end of regulation that should have gone Auburn's way that would have ended the game. Did you have any perspective on that from the stands? Uh, not really. I, I think the only call I, they, they called it very badly, evenly both ways. Like it, Ole Miss got screwed out of a lot of calls too. They did. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was an equally 
all-inclusively bad refereeing performance. Uh, so no one was slighted. I did, I, I did notice like the the whole teen or giving Bruce a bench warning. I feel like that was so stupid. It was. But then the McCormick technical. I you everyone's heard me already on this podcast. Like talk about my feelings about Javon McCormick, but he did not deserve a technical at no. all. Like that was absurd. And the, it, it was just a, the, the refs never had control of what was going on. And I, I hate seeing that because these are well-paid professionals and it just seems like refereeing keeps getting worse. And yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, it's, it's, I hate to keep harping on this because I feel like we talk about this a lot on the show, but I mean, it's the reality. You know, you don't see calls like that. The McCormick one was an eye open to me about how bad this was going to be that night because the guy was simply trying to make a play running out of bounds and just missed making the play and was frustrated with himself, bangs the table, the pad with his, with his hand and then knock some papers off. And he actually has the presence of mind still to go pick them up and place them back and kind of like wave his hand. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. And then gets blown for a technical. I mean, just this is again, referees are meant to regulate the game, not dictate the game. And so they last night dictated the pace of play at times, which is what Ole Miss wanted to do against Auburn anyway. And that they did, were doing it very successfully. They were controlling the pace of play. Auburn was never able to get into their athletic kickout plays that they become so successful at it. And we saw that in the previous game here. So when you combine uh, Ole Miss's um, game plan and efforts with the referees continuing to slow down the game, it made it long and exhausting for us as fans and the players and it just it, it didn't feel fun at, at all. I, I I can say that last night was probably one of the least enjoyable times I've had watching Auburn basketball. Obviously, because of the offense, the problems, the you know the fouls, and just the overall just feelings that are going on right now in Auburn athletics. So, if you had to say, Drew, let's let's try to maybe find some good in the bad. Who had the best game last night for Auburn? I mean, I think it, it has to be Anthony Macklemore. I just don't see any way Auburn wins that game without his second half scoring run. Uh, I, I think Okoro wasn't great in the first and halfway through the second half, but really f- figured it out. And so I, I think probably those two are my my guys that you guys say really dug Auburn out of that hole and won the game for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, Macklemore is obviously my favorite. He's been my favorite player in the program for a long time, and he's been uh, especially so this year. Just his story um, and the way he's bounced back from injuries, some you know struggles in finding his place on the team at time. And I just, I really love seeing him be the reason that Auburn is in this game at the end of it and winning. Um, so the on the other side of this, I think a crucial part of this game was the fact that Auburn was able to limit Tyree who is able to kill you from beyond the three point range uh, in in several games here. He's limited to eight points tonight and he ends up fouling out. And Andrew, I have to think that if Tyree's in this game, by the end of it, he could have factored into the uh, outcome in a big way. Oh yeah, definitely. He could have. And it was funny because everyone in our section kept getting mad because they were saying Auburn was double teaming Tyree the whole night, which I find amusing because we never did or like only on (laughs) only on hedges like we hedged hard on him so he didn't pull up and shoot three or drive by it was Isaac Okoro on him all night and that speaks volumes for for that kid that 
he face guarded him the whole night, made his life difficult to the point where people think he's being double teamed all night. But help me understand this. They're, they're complaining about someone double teaming them. If that's what it takes to win, what's the problem with that? Oh, you know, they're, they're old miss. Like, I mean, (laughs) it just doesn't make that. They have a land shark at basketball games. Oh man. When that came across, (laughs) how bad does it look in person? Cause on the TV, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Like it's very unsettling. Oh my goodness. Wow. I, I just can't wait to see what their next next mascot will be. Um, so look, I think we continue to try to slice this one up. The fact of the matter is Auburn goes on the road and gets a win somehow, some way. And uh, we just need to put this one to bed. And hopefully what we've learned is that something has to change in the lineup, at least in maybe the, if not just the starting lineup, but just the timing and usage of people. Something has got to change going forward for things to be more consistent on the road, and we'll see if that happens in the coming games. In the meantime, though, let's talk about this big game that's coming up this Saturday uh, for Auburn versus Kentucky in Auburn Arena. Number 13, Kentucky. They're coming in at 16-4, and 6-1 and one in the SEC. The game's at 5 o'clock central time this saturday the first of february you can watch it on espn and trust me you will be watching it on espn because i promise you just like me you probably can't afford the tickets to even stand in the arena for this um drew have you ever in your wildest dreams thought standing room only tickets would be 200 dollars for an auburn basketball game uh, no i mean i don't think tickets should be that much anyways so i'm probably the wrong person to ask for that but uh no i i didn't think that would ever really be a thing but it it just speaks volumes and i I keep going back to bruce's quote earlier in the season is probably the best way to see this auburn team play is on the road Mm -hmm. and i mean last night was a test i was a testament to that like there's no way i'd be able to get tickets get down to auburn do all that to see a game there in person at auburn arena like i had to pick a game that was closer to me and a game that i could afford because old miss people didn't show up like i mean <laughs> i like that that's how i had to pick and uh, you know it just is credit to every guy who's been through this program and every person who's had a hand on this program not just bruce pearl but since bruce has been there and really put people into place it it is it has grown the program to what it is now i mean from kt harrell to uh even cold black stock last year like right just everyone <laughs> in between like just, just all those guys uh simeon bowers everyone that has come through and really invested in this program saw what bruce's vision was all the way to where we're at now and where we're going to be next year and the year after that like I mean, that just speaks volumes to what has blossomed in a place of where it was hard ground, thistle, thorns, all of it. Uh, Auburn was not a basketball school and had no love for basketball, really. And it blossomed. You have taken me back, sir, to the days of Simeon Bowers. And that feels like eons ago now. And I'm, I'm thinking of that game late in the season where Simeon Bowers was at point guard. Let me say that again. Oh, I know. <laughs> Six foot eight of that round mound of a man at point guard. You thought, okay, Drew, I know you're frustrated with Javon's playing right now at point guard, but we've seen it at worst. Jo- so Simeon Bowers was a point guard. Let me say that again. That's how bad it was. 
back even at the beginning of the Bruce Pearl era. So we've come a very uh, a far way since that t- that time here. And it's funny now that we can actually talk about Auburn and Kentucky in the same sentence and not say, well, hope we can just compete with them. No, I, I think Auburn's expecting to win this game here. It's going to be in Auburn Arena. I think Kentucky has shown a lot of weaknesses this year, uh, whether that's because of injuries or, or players not kind of living up to their potential. I think Auburn should be the favored team going into this game. And, and I'm actually feeling very confident about this game on Saturday. How, what are you feeling going into it? I am feeling cautiously okay about it. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, I'm not super down, but I'm not overly optimistic either. Uh, UK is one of those teams that they can be really bad and then just all of a sudden click it on for a game. Uh, I think there's going to be an interesting test for Auburn with th- their primary people score from the forward position so you're going to have to have a coro and purefoy on a lot of the night uh really engaged on defense and so you know i think it's i'm interested in it i'm nervous about it but can auburn win yes can they also lose this game absolutely Uh, and so it is it should be a really good game auburn is going to be packed prime time nationally televised all of it like it it's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. And that team plays for that crowd. So I'm hoping that they play for that crowd again one more time. Well, and then when you think about this too, you were mentioning the the forward positions, very stout for them. Uh, Nick Richards is actually their stat leader right now. in, in some of the categories we pay attention to points per game, uh, 14.3 points per game rebounds. He's also leading 8.1 rebounds per game. See, I had it in my mind that Ashton Hagens was the guy that we need to shut down, but stats wise, Nick Richards, Seems to be the, that one there. Another familiar name for Auburn fans, EJ Montgomery, who chose Kentucky over Auburn, uh, hasn't really emerged this year, which it seems we might have. Or least, last year. Or, or last year. Excuse me. I had my, my dates wrong. It is late. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, I did have to stay up late for that game. Um, but, I, you know, there's a lot of names, again, on Kentucky but I haven't felt like they've meshed well as a team. I think their loss to Evansville at home is evidence of that. Granted, that's earlier in the season. But again, then you look at their signature wins. Number one, Michigan State. Number three, Louisville. Number 18, just recently against Texas Tech, a uh, Final Four team from last year. It's college game day uh, for Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, I won't call this the game of the century as our rivals across the state like to call every game that they're in in football. Uh, but this does have the feel of this is a battle for the soul of the SEC right now because although LSU is sitting undefeated in conference play at the top, I, I think this is the beginning of who can say we are the kings of the SEC between Auburn and Kentucky, and uh, it's got a lot of implications. So I- I'm going to push you on this one, Drew. Does Auburn win this Saturday? I don't think so. Okay. I, I just don't think we can turn around and fix everything that quickly. Uh, I mean, if Auburn wins, I'm not going to be shocked. But if they lose, I'm also not going to be shocked. I, I, I don't like to pick against Auburn. But what I saw with my own eyes last night and what I've seen over the past five games, uh, unless you have two of your guards show up ready to play, this Auburn team's not going to win. And right now, I think... You may get one of them. I don't think you're going to get the other one to show up. 
That's fair enough. I mean, they, they've not done a lot to prove that you should have confidence in them the last couple of games. Now, if they can recapture some of the magic that was earlier in the season, uh, it can be a different story. And uh, the thing about basketball is it's funny. Sometimes you just go through a down period and this is a down period that's lasted much longer than I wanted to at the beginning of SEC play. But hopefully the Tigers come out victorious and position themselves very well in the SEC going forward. Um, so Auburn, Kentucky this Saturday, looking forward to it. I'm going to give you a quick women's basketball update before we head out of here. Their last game was sadly a loss, but surprisingly they took number 13 Kentucky on the road to the wire. They did lose 68 to 61. The score is not indicative of how they played. Auburn was in control of that game at certain points and had the lead. Uh, and they were just able to kind of squeak away with some free throws by the end of that being Kentucky. So a lot of promise showed by the Tigers on the road. Their next game is, well, it's not going to get much easier at uh, number nine, Mississippi State, uh, this Thursday, the 30th at 7 p.m. Central Time. I do not believe that game is on TV, but uh, you can at least listen on the radio if you're interested. Drew, that's all we have for this edition of Inside the Jungle. Uh, but if they want to get in contact with you on social media, where can they find you? You can come hate me at Drew underscore hoop, <laughs> H-O-O-P, zero two. I don't think there's going to be as much hate as you think there is, sir. But uh, if the, if you can't get all your hate out at Drew, you can find me to share some of it. I'll burden some with him on uh, Twitter as well, at TigerEye24. That's all we have for this edition of Inside the Jungle. Thank you for listening. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?